And bonjour all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, February 23rd today. And uh, I I don't know if I've told you folks that are listening to this show, but I'm uh, taking off for France tomorrow. So I'm quite excited about that. Going down for the Lemon Festival down there in Monton, France. So I get to practice my French the French always tell me uh, that I speak like a cow. I'm sure that's a compliment. <laughs> hey, I'm going to introduce a great guest in just a second. We're going to talk orchids today. So, uh, but before I do, I uh, want—I have a few things to say about the Flower and Garden Show because I've been having so much fun down there. First of all, all you folks I saw at the pre-party, that was wonderful. That, that supports Arboretum. They raised a lot of money for the Arboretum, and um, they auctioned off a tour that I'm going to lead over in Broadmoor. So lots of people signed up for that. So that's great. I think it filled up completely, so that makes me happy to help the Arboretum. Great party. And I've been hanging out at the Northwest Flower and Garden Show quite a while, and uh, I got to tell you that I I love quite a few of the gardens, but one I really love is the Chinese garden. That one is really, really good, and it won the top award this year. But there's quite a few others. One I'm going to discuss in just a minute. <laughs> and, uh, hey, um, so I am no longer the reigning champ of container wars. Oh, it was terrible. I took a vicious defeat yesterday. <laughs> So Richie Stephan is the new champ, but uh, and he cheated like mad, but I cheated too, so I can't complain. <laughs> oh, that was really, really fun. So uh, all you people, there was an enormous audience there. Thanks for coming out and watching us do Container Wars. That was great. And then later in the afternoon, I did the very first ever Gardening Jeopardy at the Northwest Flower and Garden Show. We had uh, two teams of three people, and they were the best contestants ever. I'll tell you what. And uh, my wife, Mary, I'm not supposed to say this, I don't think, but she totally programmed the whole thing from scratch. So uh, that's the, there's no doubt she's the brains of the outfit. <laughs> but it was so fun. So I hope all of you that came liked it because I thought it was just a blast and a half. And uh, the team Triple Jeopardy beat the Acers right at the end because the Acers bet everything, even though they were winning by about a million <laughs> points. So, uh, but uh, no money did uh, change hands, but we had a lot of fun. And the winners each got a rubber chicken. Who could ask for better than that, you know? All right. So, talking about being down at the show, my guest, Joe Greenauer, the owner of uh, Emerald City Orchids, is down there. He's got a booth at the show, and you helped design that incredibly beautiful orchid garden that you guys have in the demonstration gardens down there. Yes, I did. Uh, that garden is made by the Northwest Orchid Society, and uh, I'm a member, and uh, Joff Morgan and I, and also this year, uh, uh, Dr. Gordon Cromwell, 
the three of us kind of captain that garden, but it's a it's a group effort by the members of the Northwest Orchid Society, and I'm really proud of it. They worked very hard, and we put together, I think, a very beautiful garden. That was a spectacular garden, and it, the the colors just kind of flowed into each other in a really interesting way. We tried to work with the color. You know, this year there was a lot of challenges. The snow uh, really oh, messed boy. up uh, orchids just everywhere around our oh. area. A lot of plants stalled, and we didn't get access to some of the plants that we've had in years past. You know, this show, uh, we said we have some returning orchids. We have some orchids that are kind of celebrities for in our ah. little world that come back to the show <laughs> year after year, and <laughs> some of them didn't make it because they got uh-huh. a little messed up by the snow. But I think we persevered through some difficulties and still managed to put together a very... A very pleasant uh, garden. Oh, it's gorgeous! Really, really beautiful. Yeah, the the, the, society, the society works really hard, and it and it's a special garden, I think, because uh, we do it without um, a lot of the resources. We have a we have a very little budget. We actually don't have any professional landscapers in our really? group either. So you yeah, guys put that together like that. We just do it as a, it's just a club. You know, we're not professionals. We're just uh, we just have a good time, and we want to share our love with orchids. Uh, with the people who come to the show, that's really our main thing is outreach because uh, the Orchid Society's main thing is uh, education and conservation, and this is our biggest chance to educate people and, and uh, welcome new members. We get a lot of new members from this show. Uh, but it's a really – if you go, please go to the show and, and do, do look at the Orchid Garden because they worked very hard to make it. And uh, so how do people sign up for the Orchid Society? Do they do it at your booth or does Orchid Society you have You can do own? it online. You can do it at a meeting. The Orchid Society meetings are the second Monday of the month, and it's uh, they're free to attend and they're open to the public. You actually don't have to be a member to go to the meetings. You can just drop in and see if you like it. And membership is – I don't know what it is. I think it's something like $25. It's not much for the not year. Much, no. Uh, and with the membership, you get to participate in the garden. Um, all the members get a free plant at the December meeting. There's a lot of benefits to being a member, um, but it's not required. We really encourage people to just come down and see what we're up to. And the March meeting, which is coming up two weeks from Monday, is our annual auction where we auction off a lot of orchids, and that's oh, a boy. lot. Oh, well, that would be fun! Boy, oh, boy. oh, it's a live auction, and it gets a little rowdy. You <laughs> you want to see some uh, orchid people misbehaving? <laughs> come on down to that auction. Oh God, I love it. That's really fun. So, uh, so a lot of people probably sign up right at the garden then. Yeah, we, uh, we do have members that sign up. We hand out information, and uh, you can you know mail in your dues, or uh, they can collect it at the meeting. But really, the most important thing is just for people to just to show up and kind of see what we do. We have, we have a really good time. We, we, you know, it's, a, it's all of the most experienced orchid growers in our region in one room at, uh, uh, you know, once a month. So if you have any questions about orchids, you bring your orchids down. We help people with their orchids. We fix them. We repot them. It's it's um it's a you know it's a resource that people can use. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I you know it's funny. I meet so many different people, and a lot of times I get questions about orchids and things. People are terrified to repot them. Yeah, it's really intimidating, and I don't understand why. It's it's not that hard to do. I mean, I guess it's, you know it makes it it can be a little scary. Orchids are different than regular plants because they grow in trees, so the rules are a little different. I think some people don't understand that at first, but once you really uh, get that concept, it's it's not that hard. No, it really isn't. And uh, having done it a few times, it's not that difficult, and it works. <laughs> Yeah, if you repot your orchids, they'd be really healthy. Like you, know, you can take one that looks just terrible and repot it, and they bounce back very quick. Yeah, because that that material that is, you know, that the orchid is planted in, especially if someone buys one somewhere, 
you know, that stuff breaks down, and once it does, it holds too much water, huh? Yeah, you know, if it's uh, most orchids are planted in bark, and you're watering it, and you know, we all know what happens to wood when it gets wet over and over again. It starts to break down, and it turns into soil. And uh, and orchids, being tree dwellers or epiphytes, if you want to use the fancy word, uh, they uh, they don't like dirt. They want to be in bark. So we put fresh material in there every year or two, sometimes three, depending on the variety. Great. All right, listen, we're going to talk more about grown orchids. Which are the easiest ones? If you got a question about your orchid or you're thinking, what kind of orchid could I grow in my house? This is your chance to get the answer. So uh, Joe Greenhour is going to be here for the show. And then uh, you can also catch him at the Northwest Flower and Garden Show because he's going to zoom back there. And he's giving a talk tomorrow. But we'll tell you more about that when we come back on 97.3 Cairo FM. And I got to tell you, if you haven't been down to the Northwest Flying Garden Festival, you ought to head down there this uh, today or tomorrow because... it's going to be great. And, uh, Joe, you're giving a talk about orchids tomorrow? Yeah, at 11.45 a.m., I'm doing an orchid uh, seminar. We're going to cover a lot of basics uh, and try to answer a lot of people's questions, remove a lot of people's anxiety. You know, people, like you were saying earlier before the break, a lot of people, um, they really just are, are very intimidated. And I think the number one thing with the seminar is just making it so, uh, easy for people to kind of imagine what it's like to be an orchid so they know how to m- make the right decisions. And you're doing a hands-on on this. This is on the do-it-yourself stage. Yeah, I make a big mess. Uh, <laughs> people, every year, the people who work there, I got to give them props because I make a big mess. Uh, I usually take in at least uh, you know two or three uh, overgrown and just just nasty-looking orchids, things that are getting way out of control. And uh, yeah, we rip them apart and we put them back together. We show people how to do it. So you even divide them. I will divide. I will have a couple. Uh, I was at the nursery this morning. Uh, you know, Cisco. I probably shouldn't say this on the radio, but I've got a <laughs> I've got a whole bench in my nursery of work that needs to be done, and I just keep putting it off in favor of some other plants. I got a I got a section, and uh, and I go into that trouble section, and I grab a couple. Uh, and I bring them to the show to show, because a lot of people's plants look like this. You know, people come up to the booth, and they say, oh, look at all these beautiful orchids. And I say, yeah, we got some ugly ones, too, but we leave them at home. <laughs> so I bring a couple uh, of ugly ones for the seminar, and we oh, try to perfect. doctor them up with people so they can see. And then uh, if you do go to the seminar, usually when we're done, uh, I'll find a, a couple of people in the audience, that, uh, especially the ones that ask uh, good questions, and uh, we'll give them away. We'll give wow, them away, the ones nice. that we divide away. Oh, hope. what a nice surprise that must be, huh? Yeah. You know they're not going to have flowers on them, but if you take them home and take care of them, these will be these will be nice, healthy plants. Just yeah. to show people that it works. Yeah, because generally we never divide an orchid when it's in bloom, do we? Are there any kinds? It's not a good that? idea. There are some that you can, but really you don't want to mess with them when they're in flower. I mean, we work hard to make these flowers show up on the plant. So once it's blooming, enjoy the bloom. Uh, and plus, a lot of orchids go through two phases. Uh, sometimes the phases overlap, and sometimes there's a gap. But uh, they'll be have a, a bloom phase and a, and a phase where they're growing the leaves and roots. And uh, with a lot of ones that you get, like in the grocery stores and whatnot, or your common common varieties, once they're done blooming, uh, they're going to start growing their leaves and roots again. And that's the perfect time to repot. So enjoy the flower, and when the flower is done, uh, if it needs to be repotted, that's the time to do it. So, like Phalaenopsis. Is- Definitely the most famous type orchid, would you say? It's the ultimate house plant because uh, it thrives on a, a little bit of neglect. You know, usually uh, for the folks li- listening at home, you want to water about once a week. 
uh, no more than that. Uh, and then it can take the temperatures in your house very well. And when the flowers come, they last about one to three months per bloom. That's what's so cool. They bloom and bloom and bloom. They last forever. And, you know, if you think, just think of the cost of what it costs to put a, a, a fresh bouquet of flowers on your dining room table. And, yeah, an orchid's expensive. You know, it's an expensive plant. But when you look at how much it costs to put a bouquet out there week after week, yeah. you put one Phalaenopsis, and it's, you know, 10, 12, 15 bouquets. We should explain what a Phalaenopsis is. They call it the, I've heard it called the moth orchid. That's very common, yeah. Or the monkey face. Uh, well, there's another one that's kind oh. of taken that. that uh, there's a, a plant called um, uh, Dracula, and specifically uh, Lotax is one of the species. It has a very strong resemblance to a monkey's face. Oh, so cool. that, sometimes people call that. But the older name for Phalaenopsis is a monkey face for some of those, and, and moth orchid is very common. Uh, and they have the long wand with a bunch of flowers going along the wand there. Yeah, they have a big round flower, and uh, yeah. the leaves are kind of flat. It grows leaf over leaf. They're the ones that you see in the store the most um they don't they don't have the grassy appearance more of a flat appearance yeah and but uh they really are one of the easiest ones to grow huh yeah they're very easy uh they're the the main thing with with those plants and uh, other types of orchids that you might start with is that they like a bright light but not direct sun so most of the rooms in your house that have a window are good for them and then when you water them, you water them about once a week, and you really have to make sure, this is important, that they drain. They don't like to sit in water. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing. That, that's a number one killer of orchids is sitting in water. Orchids grow in trees, folks. They, they don't like sitting in water, and they really need that drainage. Uh, and then some people, um, you know, they ask me, because uh, it's a common thing now about ice cubes, uh, people, putting, oh, yeah. people putting ice cubes on orchids. Um, you know, if it's if it's working for you, go ahead and do it, I suppose. But if I'm giving you a clean set of instructions, you'll never hear me say ice cubes. Because these orchids are tropical. They're tropical plants. And in nature, they never see ice. Would that freeze their little uh, roots off? You know, I've never seen any conclusive, <laughs> like, really definitive uh, evidence that it damages the plant. But I can't imagine it's comfortable. I mean, think about it. Like, what I say a lot of times is treat orchids like your kids. And if your kid is thirsty, do you give them a glass of water or do you... Give them an ice cube to suck on. <laughs> you know, just give it water. They want water. <laughs> that makes total sense. And uh, so uh, do you think those pots that have, like, those holes in them, are those a really good type of pot for an orchid like yeah, that? Yeah, orchids like a lot of air movement on their roots if you can give it to them. You know, they a lot of them are growing in, uh, in plastic that doesn't have any air movement. But uh, in nature, their roots are exposed. And a lot of people ask at the show, uh, you know, they have the roots coming out of the plant and they're just kind of going into the air after they've had it for a few years. They get this real kind of spider web, uh, spider leg looking thing going on. Uh, and those are just roots. Those are roots going into the air. They do that in nature. And when it come, uh, comes time to repot, what you're going to want to do is tuck those roots down into the pot when you repot it. But uh, that's common. So should, when you repot it, is it better to get a one-inch bigger or you just tuck them back into the same pot it was in? This is uh, If you can get it back in the same pot, it, it, it's better. This is an interesting concept, and it's hard to explain without a visual aid, but orchids grow on trees. So if you can imagine, let's say, a tree branch, and the roots, the flower of the orchid is very heavy. So if it blooms, the, it can pull the plant off the tree, and uh -huh. it'll fall down to the ground. Uh, it's subject to predation or another plant, you know, would, would grow over and it'll die. So uh, an orchid's got to be anchored onto a tree. And that, what that means is the roots grow around a branch. And then once the roots grow over the other roots, kind of like it's grabbing the branch, picture your fingers kind of making a fist around your arm, you know. 
And then uh, that overlapping root structure, the plant knows that it's secure and it'll flower. If you put it in a pot, in a small pot, it gets that overlapping root structure on the inside of the ah, pot. Ah, okay. And if you look at an orchid, it's got it's got overlapping roots inside the pot. Now, if you put it in a bigger pot, you won't harm the plant, but you're waiting now because the plant's going to grow roots to the edge of the pot and all the way around the edge until it's it's grown over the other roots. And this is a circumference equation, folks. So this means you think it's just one inch bigger pot, but it's actually the circumference of the pot that it's got to go around. And that's a long distance for roots to grow. Ah, uh, Okay. Listen, we're going to talk more about all this. Hey, I feel free to give a call. Hey, you can ask any question, by the way. It doesn't have to be about orchids. But we've got the expert here, so this is a good opportunity. It's one 973 Nine seven three Cairo. All right, we're gonna go to the news now, and then we'll come back and talk some more about orchids on ninety seven three Cairo FM. Hey, welcome back. Second half of the show, and um, so I've got uh, Joel Greenhour here, and we're talking all about orchids and. Uh, we're talking about uh, Phalaenopsis, uh, the moth orchid, with the big round flowers you see in all the stores. And uh, so, Joe, what's the trick? Because people are always asking me, when they stop blooming, how do you get them to start blooming again? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I get that question a lot. Uh, most orchids, they flower from new growth. So with Phalaenopsis, what you really need is a couple of new leaves. Uh, two new leaves is, is usually what it takes in a, in a year. Uh, and then sometimes people tell me, I've got this plant. It's huge and I, I, it's beautiful, but it never flowers. And it's got all these new leaves. How come it doesn't flower? Well, a lot of times in your house with your thermostat and your lighting, it's a very consistent environment. And the plant's happy in there, but the season has never changed for it. So it's just growing and growing and growing. One of the things you can do is maybe put that thing closer to a window. Let it get a little cold at night, and uh, it might uh, simulate a tropical winter, and the plant will realize that it's time to bloom again. Once you see the flowers start coming out from that nighttime dip in temperature, put it back in the middle of the room where it was comfortable, and then uh, just enjoy the blooms when they come. So how much difference in temperature do you need for that? Uh, with Phalaenopsis, it, can, it depends on the variety, but if it dips down into the 60s, that's usually pretty good. You know, most houses have a thermostat. Uh, if, if you're set the thermostat from 65 to 72 or something like that, it's not a very big range in temperature, but if it can drop about 10 degrees uh, down to maybe the low 60s or even upper 50s, that would definitely wake the plant up. Uh, you know that couch that you don't want to sit at in winter because it's too cold? It's right by that old single-pane window? <laughs> that's, that's where you put it, folks. Put it, put it in that spot where you need a blanket to read at night or whatever, you, you know. Uh, and that's where the, the plant... Um, that's where the plant. Here's an interesting story. I had a I had a guy send me these plants one time from Hawaii because he said they never bloomed. His farm was in an area where it never got below sixty degrees, and he sent it to me uh, uh, in the air in the air on an airline, and it went to thirty five thousand feet, and all the plants got cold in the belly of the airplane for five hours. And as soon as they landed, I put them in my greenhouse, and every single one of them started flowering. <laughs> so sometimes it's just <laughs> one little temperature bump. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's an amazing story. Now, uh, the one problem I've found with uh, the Phalaenopsis 
is you can't be married to a Canadian and grow one. Why not? <laughs> because she has every window in the house wide open all winter long. She loves cold nights. Oh, uh, well, yeah. And then you know what? Um, there, That's actually that's, a lot of people like a cooler house, and that's fine. Uh, you you have many, many other orchids that like There's a cooler other te- ones temperatures. That- yeah, was oncidiums, lady slippers. Um, you know, even some of the Cattleyas grow a little cooler. There's a lot of plants that you can grow, a lot, beautiful orchids that last a long time, uh, that do like a cooler temperature. Yeah, that's the thing. You gotta, you kind of gotta pick an orchid that is, uh, that likes the conditions in your house, huh? Yeah, and you know, one of the things that people, I think, don't realize is that uh, you have to know what kind of person you are, too. <laughs> if you're the type of person that dotes on a plant and wants to water it all the time, pick an orchid that likes that kind of water. And if you're a neglector, like me, you know, pick a plant that you can uh, get away with ignoring a little bit. Otherwise, you're going to have to change your personal habits, you're going to have to remodel your house, and nobody's going <laughs> to do that. <laughs> you know, that's so true, and it's true of all house plants, really. If they like where you put them, they thrive for you. Uh, yeah, a lot of times I recommend, if you go to the show, and I hope you do, because it's a fantastic show this year, uh, ask the people there, uh, orchid people, whatever, whatever people you're buying plants from, uh, tell them where you intend to put the plant before you buy it, uh, and, help, and ask them to help you pick a plant that goes in the environment where if you've got a spot in your house that needs a plant and you go down there to buy a plant, say, it's going to be in my living room, it faces east, uh, you know, all the, give them all the details, tell them whether you keep your house warm or cold, or whether it's bright or dark, and you'll get a plant, they'll pick you a plant that when you put it there, most of the work is done for you. Yeah, that's such a good idea. Because yeah, that's what people don't think of. They just see this one they love the look of. And think, and they, yeah, oh, then you got to make all there. these changes, right? That's like well, that's when yep. you have to change your personal habits. Yeah, or you end up watching the orchid die, you know, because it just doesn't like where you put it at all. Yeah, it's not know? a horror movie, folks. We don't want to. We don't want to <laughs> see these things go down. Uh, hey, I have another big question that I get asked a lot, and that's and I'll say about Phalaenopsis, but it could be true about many other orchids. It's the fertilizing them. Oh, yeah. So I've seen, you know, some some places they spell, sell special fertilizer for orchids. You're supposed to spray on the leaves. You know, I, I you know, it's you know, if you go, to, you go to an orchid show and there'll be 15 growers, you ask them, what do you fertilize with? You'll get 15 different answers. Oh, okay. And, and uh, I honestly, fertilizer is expensive. I use whatever I can get my hands on that's cheap. Uh, one thing I say is definitely try to stay away from urea-based fertilizers because there are some varieties that don't like that. But orchids, they grow in trees, and it's not the cow pasture. It's uh, it's uh, not a fertilizer-rich environment. So if it's a liquid fertilizer, let's say it's a miracle Grow or a Triple 20 or something, just put in about a quarter or maybe even less, maybe an eighth of a teaspoon per gallon. So you really you dilute it. Dilute it, yeah, very trace amounts. Now, we do even less than that, and it goes in with almost every watering, and that's just to give them kind of a baseline of fertilizer they can take from uh, as they need it. Uh, and then at home, I honestly, I fertilize just a few times a year. Uh, you Do know, you hit the leaves or just pour it in you on You want to get it on the roots. You want to get it in there. Um, if you fertilize a lot, the orchid won't absorb it, and that fertilizer um, will basically create salts oh, yeah. in, in the in the medium. So if you do get salts, you can flush it out, but uh, it, less is more when it comes to fertilizing, I think. And, and there are different philosophies, and there are some plants that are very specific fertilizing programs, you know, that I could get into a lot of detail on those. But in general, I'd say just fertilize maybe once a month or once every couple of months. You know, there are people who fertilize with every watering. 
Uh, and again, it's it's a personal uh, it's a personal philosophy, but I think uh, less is definitely more. It sounds like you really want to keep it well diluted and don't overdo it. Just, uh, well, part of the reason is also fertilizer is expensive. That's true. You know, you're just pouring it in there and then the plant's not using it. You're wasting money. Yeah, that's for yeah, and sure. And it's expensive enough to start with. So let's <laughs> let's not, you know, we don't want to be giving them, feeding them with a silver spoon. Just give them what they need. It's a little bit at a time. And a good clean water, light water and temperature. If you've got a good balance of light water and temperature, that's really 90%. And then uh, the fertilizer will get you, it'll take your good plant to excellent. So do you have to worry about like using city water, we've got you know great water in Seattle compared to a lot of places. Yeah, our but... water here is very good. We have a glacial runoff. It's very clean water. Uh, a lot of the folks that are coming to the show, they're coming from eastern Washington and other places where they're on wells and there's a lot of minerals in the water. And uh, and there's no mineral water up in the trees. They get uh, rainwater. And a lot of orchids, you know, that calcium lime gunk that builds up on your shower head, if you've got a shower that gets that stuff that builds up, your water's got a lot of minerals in it. And orchids don't like that. So if you can filter that out, that is better. Ah, uh, well, that's really good to know because, uh, you know, so we're okay. All you folks that live in the Seattle area, you're in good shape. But, yeah, if you're listening to this show on uh, in any different uh way you know on a podcast or something you might uh what would be the best would what the absolute best is re- reverse osmosis water but uh you know that's a expensive system there's also you know water filters and sometimes people just use a brita just run it through there a few times uh, to take some minerals out you know i would be the cheapest way to go by a mile yeah it? i mean you don't want to go out and buy evian for your orchids oh, so that's, <laughs> that's treating them to the gourmet perrier you know yeah Put a little, put a little of that, that country club water in there. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we're only going to have time for about one caller. So if you do have a question you want to ask, you would probably want to call while we're on the next break. One triple eight nine seven three Cairo. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. And so uh, we're going to take a break right now on ninety seven three Cairo FM, and we'll be back talking orchids after this. All right, here we are. And uh, so, yeah, I just want to remind you that Joe is going to be giving a hands-on talk, and that is Sunday, so that's tomorrow at 11.45, and you call it No no Soil Required. Yeah, well, you know, um, they don't need soil. So uh, orchids do better in bark, and I think one of the things people do a lot is they, they take it out of the pot when they buy it, and they put it in soil, and they think that we're selling them some kind of uh, you know, plug plant like a like a, a vegetable starter or something. Uh, so you know, you put that in the title, it kind of hammers home one of the lessons right off the bat. Right off the bat, it won't last long in soil that holds all that moisture. Oh no, it's a common mistake too. People do oh, it all the time. I'll be darned. Yeah, you would you'd be surprised. But you know, it's that's that's why we are doing the talk, and that's why. Uh, when you're at the show, if you do come by and visit me at the booth, I'm not one of these folks that just says, you know, hey, buy the plant and get out. No, I want to answer your questions. I want to talk to you and let you let you know uh, what, what it takes to grow an orchid because they're really not hard. And I think a lot of the time I spend um, is, is really just educating people how to, how to grow them. And the only thing I love more than orchids is, uh, is talking about orchids, which is why I really appreciate <laughs> you having me back. Well, 
I walked by your booth several times yesterday. There were just people there every second. Yeah, you know, it gets really busy. Uh, sometimes you're sitting there and you're like, where would all the people go? Because they're looking at the gardens. And then the next mo- moment, you're just mobbed. <laughs> and uh, a lot of times, if somebody asks a question, I'll uh, I'll basically just start shouting the answer in their face because uh, the, the folks behind them have the same question. And then we get a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit like a carnival barker style. We'll get kind of an audience going. <laughs> Uh, kind of doing a mini seminar right there in the booth. Uh, yeah, you really can. So what are some other great orchids? And I know we've been discussing, you know, that we've got different conditions in a house. So you can't just make a blanket statement, although we do know that like phalaenopsis are generally one of the easier ones to grow. That's where most people start. And uh, I think what folks don't realize is that there's 27,000 naturally occurring species of orchid. And Holy they, cats! They grow everywhere. They grow in all environments. The only place they've never discovered them yet is Antarctica. And they might be there. They're in Tierra de Fuego, so, you know. Uh, and they grow in the grounds. We have some here in Washington. I think we have something like 16 species in our state. 16? Yeah. I think that's the right number. Wow, I'm not. Don't hold wow. me to that, but it's somewhere around that. And uh, uh, you know, some of them are ugly little things you couldn't sell for a nickel at the show, but true. they're orchids. <laughs> and uh, so there's not really a set of instructions I can give you for how to take care of an orchid because it's, there's so many, and they come from all environments. Like if you asked, how do I take care of a plant? Well, is it a cactus, a palm tree? What kind of plant is it? But People start with the Phalaenopsis, and then I think as a second step, there's a lot of really great hybrids. There's something like a quarter million hybrids been been made, because we've been Jeez. doing this for a while as people. And uh, a lot of the Oncidium hybrids, there's some very famous ones. A lot of people like the Sherry Baby. It smells just like chocolate. Wonderful plant. Um, what's the, what's the one you brought in today? This one that I brought in is actually bred from Sherry Baby. Is I think one uh, of the parents of it. Uh, I I can't remember the exact name of this one. I think it's called Heaven Scent. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, this I plant, think I smell it from here. Yeah, they do get a light a a, a light fragrance midday. It's heavier in the morning. Uh, it's a very nice plant, and they and they have a wider temperature range. You do water them a little more. You water them twice a week. Almost all of the other orchids that you go to next from Phalaenopsis need a little more water. Uh-huh. Uh, and with this type, if you see them start to wrinkle up, they get these wrinkles on the on the the, the bulb of the plant or the leaf of the plant. It starts to wrinkle. You get an accordion shape. That means you're not watering it often enough. And that's a really common thing. Those uh, we call it a leaf pleat sometimes. Or Isn't a, that nice though? Because it tells you. <laughs> They're communicative. These plants will tell you what's wrong with them if you know how to look for it. Yeah, they're really nice. And uh, and these are good for people that like a wider temperature range. And they come in so many different colors. Uh, and I think that's a good second step for somebody who's been doing Phalaenopsis for a while and wants to try something else that's easy. Get a that's hybrid. And, you know, a fragrant flower, really beautiful. Now, do these flowers last as long as, like... They don't last quite as long. They, uh, uh, Phalaenopsis bloom will last usually one to three months, and this is about half as long. You're looking at about six weeks. It's still uh, pretty done. That's good, yeah. And what, but what's nice about them is that they grow faster, so they can rebloom faster. Oh. And as the plant gets older, okay. it can bloom multiple times a year. So you, in the long run, can get just as many flowers out of it, yeah. Ah, and so it's got quite a, a tall stalk there with just, uh, my gosh, quite a number of flowers on that stalk. Sometimes they have uh, big flowers, and there's, uh, I think on this one, looks like a couple dozen. Sometimes they'll have a tiny flower, and there'll be a few hundred. You know, it depends on the, it p- depends on the variety. 
Uh, but again, folks, there's so many of them. You know, you can you can. Uh, it's easy to go down the rabbit hole and start collecting them. And there's some of the members of our society have you know just hundreds of plants at home, and you can specialize too. People specialize in one type or another, and it's really fun. Oh, it really is fun having orchids. I just love it, and people love it when they come in your home. They're yeah, I think so we get, you know, I got some neighbors sometimes. I got, I got a, I live in a nice neighborhood and I got some great neighbors and sometimes they, you know, they'll poke their head in to see what's blooming inside the house. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Is so you just here to see the orchids? You don't really you don't really need a cup of sugar. <laughs> that is too great. So do you go on trips to see orchids in nature? I do. Yes. Uh I I do I do two types of trips. Sometimes I go on trips to uh uh uh, farms where they're breeding orchids. Most orchids are bred in a lab, and I don't have a lab yet. I'd like to build one one day, but we're not we're not quite there yet as a business. Uh, so I'm going basically to check out breeders uh, to see what kind of babies they have coming down the pipe. Because uh, the orchids, from when they when they breed them to when they bloom, is in a commercially grown orchids four to seven years. Wow, the orchids are really old wow. when they start flowering, so that's why they're so expensive. You got to yeah, pay somebody makes, to water that thing for that four makes years. Sense and take care of it. Yeah, so I'll I'll go on uh, basically purchasing purchasing trips to orchid hotspots. That's in America. That's Florida, Hawaii, California. You know all those terrible places that. You yeah, know. yeah, I've been to orchid <laughs> yeah. farms in Hawaii. Oh la la, that's a fun kind of a little trip to take. Well, they are, and some of those <laughs> some of those growers. The trick is uh, doing good business is that you want to show up with a six pack of beer and a rack of ribs then <laughs> then you're really going to get a good deal on those plants they're wonderful people i work with uh and then sometimes i go on trips where um it's really more of a you know walk into the jungle and uh, take a lot of photos and see them um, in naturally you know in situ uh and that's places like uh, you know the yucatan is a a, a a place that i went and uh uh, I was recently in Thailand uh, doing uh, orchid purchasing, but uh, also took some time to go into the jungles. Uh, I was just seen uh, them in Ecuador. Oh, they're in Ecuador. They're, those are the, and uh, uh, those are some beautiful ones there. Uh, also, uh, I was talking to my uh, my good buddy today earlier today at the show, and we were talking about maybe going to the Philippines because the Philippines oh. has some amazing orchids. What a fun way to travel! Well, you know, sometimes it's hard to when you're on a going to go on a vacation. Is sometimes it's hard to pick a place and, there, and a reason to go because the world is a beautiful place, uh, and a lot of times I'll pick based on the orchids. Well, all right. hey, Joel. Joel Greenhour, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Go see him in his booth that's right in the front of the plant market. He'll be giving a talk tomorrow, 1130 Sunday at the show. See you next week. Bye.